0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. Like we found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys. That is Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSoppyPFN. That is Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at DerekTateNFL. Gentlemen, uh, we had some news. We have we had some activity, we had some stuff happen here on Monday Night Football. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm not gonna even ask you guys how you're doing, I'm not gonna even ask how week one went and your calls to prevent Kyle Sapi from coming onto this podcast and talking non-stop about Jacoby Myers. Let's get right into the Aaron Rodgers injury here. Obviously, we go from the high of Jacoby Myers all the way down to the crash of Aaron Rodgers most likely dealing with a torn achilles now we are recording this here tuesday morning 9 a.m we have no idea yet the official confirmation all signs are pointing though that this is an achilles injury for aaron Rodgers, potentially even the last time that we see him on an nfl field with his age in mind just absolutely insane only a handful of plays into that game so gentlemen i'm going to throw this over to soppy first like What in the world is the fantasy fallout here with Aaron Rodgers not even getting to play a full drive with the New York Jets? And what do we do moving forward with players like Garrett Wilson, Brees
1: Hall, Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I mean, it's, it sucks, man. Like I was excited to watch Aaron Rodgers. Like I've been a Packers fan my entire life, watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, I didn't love to see him go, but I wanted to see how he was going to do. I wanted to see how he could do in the AFC following Brett Favre's legacy, all of that stuff and it's gone without a completion like that is terrible the fantasy fallout he himself is not going to kill your fantasy team because you weren't counting on Aaron Rodgers to be a top five quarterback like he had been in years past he's not the MVP anymore so you can recover a quarterback because you probably weren't counting on him either in a big way or as your only quarterback so I think you'll be okay there you mentioned Garrett Wilson yeah He's not a wide receiver one anymore. I'm not sure he's a wide receiver two. Right now, wide receiver 25 in my week two rankings. Obviously, the matchup with Dallas, less than ideal. Zach Wilson. Sure, he looked fine yesterday. They won the game against Buffalo. Very good team. I get it. He's not going to help the fantasies. Do you trade Garrett Wilson now and just like kind of get ahead of the buy the sell low situation? I don't I don't really know how you're supposed to do this to me. He's a lot like DeAndre Hopkins. He's the wide receiver one and in an offense. I'm not going to trust to move the ball through the air.
0: Derek, what are the, what's the fallout here for the running backs, right? I think Garrett Wilson, we agree. Absolutely takes a tumble down the rankings. It's dependent upon if they bring in another option at quarterback, but even as you're looking at some of the available options, like, are we going to move Garrett Wilson up the rankings of Carson Wentz, you know, signs here in New York, Tom like, Brady. No. Tom, Tom Tom come on back. So we don't know yet what is going to happen there But you have to admit that he's going to take a tumble down the rankings. He caught the ridiculous touchdown saved his fantasy day because of it What do we do with the running backs? Brees hall looked fantastic Did not see a ton of work here. Dalvin cook saw a little bit more work looked fine at points But what's the fantasy of all out for this backfield?
2: the problem with trying to decipher exactly what to expect from this Jets backfield is we don't know what to expect now as far as scoring opportunities on a consistent weekly basis without Aaron Rodgers under center. So we saw Zach Wilson. He played well enough in spot duty against a good Buffalo Bills defense to come away with a win. And I, I don't think he looked great, but certainly he shown more this past week than in a lot of his previous starts. Problem is, we just don't know what to expect. Now, teams get the game plan for Zach Wilson. It's no, now Nathaniel Hackett is actually going to have to earn his money as an offensive coordinator and trying to dial up the right place. Excuse me. I got a little tickle in my throat. Um, but I, I do think Brees Hall is the back to own in this backfield or to invest in because he just looked better than Dalvin Cook. And no offense to Cook, Cook looked good too. But I think Brees Hall looked like the guy that we all expected he could be last year and he flashed last year. In his first game back from an ACL tear for him to look like that and be yeah. that efficient, Hall is the guy that I I feel confident is going to return on value. Cook, I feel like you're going to see his workload decrease and Hall will eventually be the guy with the the dominant snap share and touches out of this backfield, but I still think right now he's probably a fringe top 20, top 25 play just because we saw Cook get more work. They're kind of easing him back into action. So I'm still pumping the brakes early, but for the rest of the season, it actually does encourage me quite a bit to see how
0: effective Brees Hall was. I think we'll talk a little bit more about these players in this offense here as we move into rest of season risers and fallers and some trade targets here within this episode. But I want to let the people know over at pfnfantasy.com, we have content coming out Nonstop already here this week. We have early week two rankings. We have early start sit. We have our waiver wire rankings that Jason Katz put out. Soppy is hard at work working on the cheat sheet, which breaks down every single player in every single game. That'll come out later this week. PFNfantasy.com. Everything you need to dominate your league this season can be found there. So make sure if you're listening to this, you want more information. We didn't talk about a player that you have on your roster. I guarantee you can find him over on the website, pfnfantasy.com. Let's get into some rest of season risers and fallers. These are players that we based on their performances here in week one. Maybe they checked a box for us. Maybe they we had questions regarding them coming into the season. They check that box. They move up or up the rankings or the other side of that. They fall down. Let's start here at risers. Kyle, I'll start with you. Who is a riser in the rankings for you?
1: I'm going to mention Gus Edwards just to get him out of the way. Obviously, we had the J.K. Dobbins injury. Gus Edwards wasn't really on our radar prior. Now I think he's the best back in Baltimore, but that's injury. like that. that you're not really earning that. He falls into a rest-of-season rise, but just wanted to mention him. Kenneth Gainwell for me, my number one running back on the rise here. 14-16 to 16, Philadelphia running back carries in this game, and all the smoke this offseason was that he could be the guy despite the – The investment in this backfield by way of DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny is a healthy scratch. Gainwell looks to be the guy in an offense that we think is going to be top five in scoring. That holds top 20 value. Like If he's going to consistently have that feature role, I don't care what you even think of Gainwell. They're going to put him in position to succeed running next to Jalen Hurts. We've seen these mobile quarterbacks produce efficient running backs. I think Gainwell's well on his way to being that. I'm not locking him in yet because I'm not 100% sold that DeAndre Swift isn't going to be a thing eventually, but right now Gainwell skyrocketing up the ranks. I thought he was a committee back right now. He's a feature guy. So
0: let's talk about this because you weren't on the waiver wire podcast yesterday. Is Kenneth Gainwell the number one player that you would be targeting at the running back position on the waiver wire?
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, at this point that offense Gus Edwards to me over justice Hill is a close second, but yeah, you got to invest in this offense. I want cheap pieces of Philadelphia. We talked about it with the chiefs receivers. Like I'm still investing right. in those guys. You want cheap exposure to these offenses that you can plug in. When we get to bye weeks, what better way than to have a piece of an offense that's expected to score 25 to 30 points? That's the way I'm doing this. Gainwell, my number one pickup this week. All right, Derek, who is the first Wrestle season riser for you? See, Soppy,
0: I think you're missing a guy. And he plays in Los Angeles. Yeah, we're going to be different And on he this. goes <laughs> by the name
1: of Puka.
2: Puka Nakua. Get to know the name, my friend. 15 targets in his first NFL game, and he produced with those looks. 10 catches for 119 yards. So, all season long, the reason why I was so high on Tyler Higby, right, was because I felt as if there was no clear-cut option that was going to benefit or succeed playing behind Cooper Cup or if Cooper Cup was out of the lineup. And in week number one, we got an answer that, Puka Nakua is going to be an immediate contributor and I think he's going to be a season-long contributor whether Cooper Cup is in the lineup or not so I was very encouraged by what I saw his involvement moving him around the formation he's a playmaker after the catch I love it and I think Sean McVay may have struck gold uh with this with this kid from BYU so I'm, I'm moving him into my rankings I think he's flirting right now with like you know, top 25 consideration, top 30 at the wide receiver position. That's how high I am in particular from what we saw last week moving forward. All
0: right, let's put that to the test. Puka Nakua at wide receiver 41 for me in rest of season rankings at the wide receiver position, which means that he skyrocketed. He was nowhere near that. However, Derek, would you rather have Puka Nakua or Marquise Brown for the rest of the season? Puka Nakua. Would you rather have Puka Nakua or Brandon Cooks in Dallas?
2: Give me puka i I feel like there's fewer mouths to feed right now in los
0: angeles's passing game than the dallas cowboys all right kyle let's throw it back over to you who is your second rest of season riser
1: it's a guy we were waiting on all freaking preseason and i wanted to rank him highly in week one couldn't do it because we didn't see anything in august and now we're here anthony richardson we saw everything we needed to see i'm still concerned about him throwing the ball but we had proof positive that he might not need to 47 opportunities. That's rushing attempts plus passing attempts. We saw him get into the end zone on the ground through the air. He was targeting Michael Pittman left and right to me. Anthony Richardson showing me everything I needed to see in week one to feel good about putting him as a top 12 quarterback. The floor is just going to be tremendously high. Are there going to be down weeks? Of course there are. Is he going to go 15 for 36 one of these weeks with three interceptions? Sure. Justin Fields had his ups and downs last season too, but he was a top 10 quarterback easily and Richardson's got a similar athletic profile, and he's got a better wide receiver one than Fields had last season. To me, Anthony Richardson moving way up the boards and saving those people that have Aaron Rodgers or were at least counting Rodgers to some degree. Hopefully, maybe you want Richardson Rodgers. You tried to get some upside with some stability. Richardson has you covered. I think he's, he's a top 12 quarterback for me. His first NFL
0: game. QB four fantasy finish on the week. Absolutely incredible here for Anthony Richardson, which means that, I mean, just moving forward, this is a guy that you're going to be able to rely on 10 rush attempts. And it just Mm -hmm. speaks to the cheat code that rushing mobility is at the quarterback position in fantasy football. So absolutely agree there. Would you rather have Anthony Richardson or Tua Tungavailoa for the rest of
1: the year? I'm going two, but that's just because I can move on if he gets hurt. Like, so I'm gonna hedge any health risk and just assume a healthy two, and I can stream Kirk Cousins or whatever if need be there. But that offense is just built to freaking fly. Like, they they are fun. I they're not gonna score like that every week because you don't get to play the Chargers every week. But they are gonna be a problem for a lot of teams, and two is right in the middle of it. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Your second rest of season riser. Can I get a hall pass
0: on fading Brees Hall in fantasy drafts? Two of us. So,
2: yeah. So I was very boisterous about, hey, his second round price tag is a bit too hefty for me, a bit too expensive. Then he dropped to the third round. Then Dalvin Cook signed, dropped to the fourth round, dropped to the fifth round. I did end up with like one share of Brees Hall. And I'm so happy that at least I got one share because my biggest concerns with him were just how that knee was going to look. Was he going to be the same explosive guy off of that ACL injury and 11 touches for 147 total yards in his first game back from an injury? And that was in a, I would say a limited role if they decide to go ahead and flip the script and make him the feature guy with Dalvin cook being sprinkled in here and there, and a team that's going to need to run the football in order and play small ball with a great defense in order to potentially make a playoff push. Brees hall, all of a sudden to me feels like a guy that I feel confident putting back around my top 20, top 25 for the rest of the season. Maybe not in week two until that, that timeshare, you know, favors hall, but certainly a very
0: encouraging debut. It's, It's stupid. It's ridiculous what he just did on Monday Night Football. That As he broke away for that run, I was just like, you've got to be absolutely kidding me right now. How is he doing this? Insane. Derek, Brees Hall or Najee Harris for the rest of the year? Really close. My
2: gut tells me Najee because I still trust Kenny Pickett more than Zach Wilson, more scoring opportunities. But the efficiency for Hall is going to be miles better than Harris.
0: Give me Hall. Full send. courage of conviction. Give me hall. Let's go <laughs> full send there. All right, let's move over to the rest of season fallers. The players that took a tumble down the rankings. Sapi, I'll start here with you.
1: Yeah, I'm high on the Jags and low on Christian Kirk right now. My goodness. That was, that was an ugly first game for him. And I don't know if it's going to change. Lawrence looked great. And he looked like he loved Calvin Ridley, which he should. Calvin Ridley amazing. But the difference here, Zay Jones saw seven targets to Christian Kirk's three. If we're going to have a wide receiver two be viable here, it's looking a lot more like Zay than it is Kirk. I don't know if that's going to change. Like, you don't just write off Kirk like that. I mean, three targets for nine yards. We're talking about a guy that was very productive last season, and the connection was something we hit on this preseason. So, yeah, like, Kirk's probably the two. He can, he can work in the slot behind Ridley, and, you know, everything can uh, – Everything can be status quo. Why not? Why not? Trevor Lawrence, MVP candidate. He could get two viable receivers. We may have been right there. Wrong with the name. Christian Kirk, for me, falling outside my top 30. So I was
0: hesitant to buy in on Calvin Ridley this year because I was like, this guy hasn't played football since 2021. It's been quite a while since we've seen him on the field. And Christian Kirk was phenomenal last year. He showed a chemistry and connection with Trevor Lawrence. Like Calvin Ridley needs to be the clear target alpha in this offense. And we just don't know that. And Trevor Lawrence was like, Kylie, it's shut up. Uh, here's <laughs> Calvin Ridley just absolutely featuring him. Trevor Lawrence is looked phenomenal. Christian yes, Kirk sir. not involved whatsoever. Only coming onto the field really as the slot receiver. So re- he's, you're not seeing a ton of snaps there. To yeah, yeah, Christian Kirk taking a tumble down the rankings for me. Soppy Christian Kirk
1: or Jordan Addison for the rest of the year? Addison. Like, I think Addison's got a better through path right now to win that wide receiver two role. Really, to me, that's a, co- a question of who's going to be the wide receiver two or who's more likely to be addison to me has a greater chance to be ahead of osborne than kirk does zay jones right now so i'm i'm picking against a jag that's not like me but give me jordan addison there
0: uh derek let's throw it over to you your first rest of season faller this guy has fallen
1: so
2: far that he can barely hear me uh as i'm talking about him and that is drake london Yeah. my goodness um you are probably going to find his face on the side of a milk carton. That's how much he was missing in week number one from Atlanta's offense. One target, zero catches. A goose egg. Nil, zero, nada, zada. A horrible performance, and it's not all his fault because we're talking about intended air yards per pass attempt averaged depth the target whether the pass is caught or not. Desmond Ritter finished 31st of 32 quarterbacks with 3.5 who's he ahead of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields Okay. so I and I don't like saying that because I love Justin Fields but we're probably gonna get to him here in a little bit but Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith clearly want to go ahead and get the ball out of his hands let you know whether it be Bijan Robinson or Tyler Algier, just create yardage in a low scoring game run the football play defense that does not bode well for Drake London, so I, I went from being like kind of on the fence about him being a break a year two breakout guy, and now I, I'm feeling like he's gonna have a hard time cracking my top thirty five if that's if this is how this offense is gonna operate in 2023.
0: Yeah, really rough, uh, really really rough here for Drake London, and this is kind of what I anticipated coming into the year. I have zero shares of Drake London, so I miss on Calvin Ridley. I make it up for it with with Drake London a little bit later, but man, I mean just. This offense exactly played out exactly how I anticipated in Week One. It was feature the running backs, keep the ball short in the you know short area, and throw the ball as little as you possibly can. And Drake London free falling down the rankings. Derek Drake London or George Pickens for the rest of the year. Pickens, not cl- not close. I'll go Drake London there or Elijah Moore for the rest of the year. Elijah Moore, man,
2: talk about Drake London more. or Puka. <laughs> I saw Puka a heck of a lot more involved than Drake. Yeah, London, I mean, one. <laughs> uh, for week two, I'd feel for week two, I'd feel more confident starting Puka Nakua. Yeah, huh? I mean, that sincerely, I, and 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 I, and I hate saying that because I know I know it sounds like it's just recency bias, but we got to look at how the offenses operate, and we saw a lot more involvement in a dedicated effort to get Puka the ball than Drake London. So I mean, I I, I think London's the better player. Yeah.
0: We're talking about fantasy situations, so, yeah. It's hard to argue with 15 targets to one target. So, I get
1: where where you're coming from. Puka might have more targets
0: than the Falcons have pass attempts. That's actually not crazy to say out loud. Kyle (laughs) Sabi, your second rest-of-season faller.
1: I mean, to me, this is Cam Akers. My goodness, 22 carries for 29 yards? He scored, I get it, on a cute little fourth-down little shovel pitch play, but my God half those yards came on his fourth play from scrimmage like he was we were midway through the third quarter and 109% of his rushing yards had come on a single carry my man okay we'll play this back in december when he has 20 for 120 right. f- and three scores right. because that's what he does so i guess you keep him rostered and you know hope to make your playoffs and just blindly tr- you know trust him in week 17 and go that route but Kyron Williams is the better running back right now. He's the, t- he's the guy they clearly trust. A pair of touchdowns, 15 for 52, isn't going to knock anybody's socks off. But with Cam Akers, I mean, you're talking less than two yards a carry. And he was featured. If he loses that feature role, we're talking what? Uh, what's his rushing prop going to be next week? 37 and a half rushing yards? Like, and you can't yep. take that. This offense isn't going to be in scoring position. And that uh, that's short term. Kyron's going to win this job. With Cooper Cup out, if Cooper Cup comes back and this offense starts functioning again, Williams is still going to be the guy. Akers isn't going to win that job back anytime soon. Maybe he does with time. They've had a weird love-hate relationship with him. But right now, I'm hating him, and there's no way you can start him. I would argue that Kyron
0: Williams has already taken this job. Like, it's it's very clear that I think Kyron Williams has asserted himself as the number one running back. The majority yeah. of Cam Akers' touches came when this game was out of hand. So I think that that is a – I mean – yeah, Cam Akers, people bought back in because of what he did at the end of last year, which is what he did at the end of the was, yeah. previous year, every single for year. Me I mean, yeah. I was going to make the joke and you made it for me of we'll play this back in December when Cam Akers just goes absolutely bananas. And yeah, uh, you yeah, you can't you can't put him into your starting lineup no. anytime soon. Derek, who is your second rest of season faller? Go ahead and
2: put Cam Akers in your fantasy backpack and just wait until week 14 or something like that. He'll be back, Soppy. He'll be back. Okay. Just, you know, not for another two months. I'm kidding. Um, As as much as uh, we can go ahead and make fun of Akers, at least he saw 20-plus touches. That's fair. The guy that's on my definite fall list is DeAndre Swift. And we thought the Detroit Lions hated DeAndre Swift. <laughs> my goodness. 29% snap share. One touch or excuse me one carry yeah. for three yards yeah. and one catch for zero um this was my breakout guy and i have to hold myself accountable this i don't understand it i personally believe that swift is the more talented player over kenneth gainwell but the coaching staff trust kenneth gainwell and the snaps are the snaps the touches are the touches and the data is the data so regardless of my emotions about this and it not making a whole lot of sense until Kenneth Gainwell, you know, doesn't dominate the snap share or the touches out of this backfield. He's the guy in Philadelphia and Deandre Swift is not. So Swift falls plummets out of my top, forty five
0: at the running back position and, and that's gonna stay that way until further notice. Yeah, he's at RB forty nine on the on the year now for me in my rest of the season rankings, which is crazy because I was a believer in the talent too. I was yeah. higher than ADP on him. I thought that he would, you know, we had significant signs that he was going to be the receiving back in this offense. That certainly did not play out that way here in week one. I do think that he's still worth holding on to. I do think mm-hmm. that he is still worth rostering. You sure. do not move on this quickly. We heard Nick Sirianni after the game say that's not going to happen again where he's only going to see you know one touch in this game but that could mean that he sees five touches next week so just hold on one more week just wait to see how this plays out he's not worth panicking over just yet Let's move into some trade targets. I love these conversations every single week here as we look at some of the players that we can buy low on in our fantasy leagues. I will say, if we do not get to a player that you have on your roster that you have a question about, we have a free fantasy football trade analyzer here at Pro Football Network that you can find over at pfnfantasy.com right there for you on the side of the page, trade analyzer, or you can type into Google Fantasy Football Trade Analyzer, that top result there for you. Absolutely free. We have customizable league sizes. We have Dynasty. We have every single scoring format. You are going to want to check that out. pfnfantasy.com to get the free trade analyzer. Let's get into this here. Gentlemen, let's start at the running back position here. Sapi, I'll start with you. Who is a running back to buy in fantasy football?
1: Yeah, forget buying for a running back. I'm buying modern medicine. We were wrong on Brees Hall, and Kenneth Walker looked just as good. Okay, maybe not just as good. He didn't have the 83-yard carry. But my man, a three-to-one snap chair advantage over Charbonnet. And he looked the part in an offense that struggled. Like, he looked good on a bad day for Seattle. To me, that's a great sign. He had nine carries before Zach Charbonnet had his second carry. To me, he looks like the alpha in an offense that we think is going to score points. 12 for 64. He saw five targets at the passing game. That's positive. We think Geno, even though he showed some signs of regression in week one, we still think he's an efficient quarterback capable of moving the ball down the field. Kenneth Walker, he's a top 10 guy for me in week two. The matchup's good against Detroit. To me, he's locked and loaded. I didn't think he or Brees Hall would reach this point, and now they both are. We gave Hall his flowers earlier. I'm giving them to Walker. Now A locked in RB2 most weeks, RB1 in week two. I like how you mentioned that he had five targets in the passing game, but didn't mention that he had four
0: receptions for three yards. Uh, Targets targets. I like how you skipped right over that.
1: Uh, Would you trade James Cook for Kenneth Walker? If I'm getting Walker, yeah, I would. I would. I, I don't trust Cook to get into the end zone much. And, I mean, Josh Allen's going to be better than what we saw last night, but he's still their fullback. I think Kenneth Walker scores more than Cook.
0: All right, Derek, let's send it over to you. Your first running back to buy in fantasy football. Well, it's funny that you asked that specific question because I was actually very encouraged by
2: what I saw from James Cook and the Buffalo Bills offense is going to be better and they're going to produce more scoring opportunities than they did against a New York Jets defense that was playing with pride, playing downhill, playing physical. But I thought Cook looked the part of at least the back to invest in in this high-powered Bills offense. I think Josh Allen will be better. He has to clean it up. But, you know, it, all the other backs combined out of that Buffalo backfield saw a total of three carries. I think it was like two for Latavius Murray and one for Damian Harris, if I remember correctly. So 12 carries. And Cook also saw six targets in the passing game. So, I mean, we're talking over 15 total touches in a, in a low-scoring game that, yeah, he didn't find the end zone. And maybe he's not the preferred option when they get inside the five. But I think Cook is showed us plenty yesterday against a very tough, stout defense. And I think better days
0: are ahead. And I think he's actually a very nice buy low candidate Um, heading into week two. I do think that it's uh, a good call here because you do have Buffalo going up against Las Vegas here this next week, which is obviously a matchup that you Mm -hmm. can, you know, we could see some good things here from James Cook. So get ahead of that uh, as he finishes the RB 29 on the week. Fantasy managers that were excited about him might be a little bit disappointed here. James Cook, a solid option to bring forward. So let's send it back over to you your first or a second running back to buy in fantasy football.
1: Yeah. I'm going to double down because I'm a stubborn idiot like that. And I'm going Isaiah Pacheco. Like he didn't put up big numbers. He does have a lead over Damian Pierce in our season long bet. I want that noted. By about a point and a half with that. Are we, are the, we really, uh, are we all, are we, any of us winning that bet? I, I said he has a lead. I, was, I wasn't victory lapping. <laughs> <laughs> but he had more catches through three quarters than he had targets in any other game last season. That involvement to me, and again, in a Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs offense, it's going to be valuable. I'm not worried about CEH over the long haul. And Jarek McKinnon's going to steal work in the past game, sure. But he's not an option on the ground Pacheco, to me, still a guy that's going to get 15 to 18 opportunities a week in what we think is the top-scoring offense in the league. Like I said, almost four red zone trips per game for the Chiefs during the Mahomes era. Just keep by the dip here. If you're betting on the Chiefs, a pseudo bet on that is Pacheco to be better than he was in week one against the Lions. I think we see more of that. He's a running back two for me in week two, and better than Pierce on all fronts. So, Sapi,
0: we saw a really big week here from
1: Tyler Algier in week one.
0: 15 rush attempts, 75 yards, and then obviously the two touchdowns. Would you trade Tyler Algier if you have him for Isaiah Pacheco? Because I think based on fantasy points, that deal could get done.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have somebody that's short-sighted and just looking at this, or you can sell him on Arthur Smith being God's gift to running backs, and he can produce two running backs, sure, yeah. Uh, Sign me up 100 times out of 100. Uh, Tyler Algier is a fine player, and he always falls forward, which is a great skill to have. Atlanta's not going to score half as many points as Kansas city from this point forward. I'll right. take my chances on Pacheco cashing in more often than not. That's easy for me.
0: All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Your second running back to buy.
1: So
2: Jameer Gibbs. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: speaking of, speaking of by low candidates, right? We
2: did first game of the NFL. We're getting our first chance. So much hype is surrounding Jameer Gibbs and him being the 12th overall pick only for the Lions to play him on 27% of the snaps and for him to see nine total touches. But what I saw from him in those nine total touches has me very encouraged. I think his efficiency is going to maintain right around like five yards per carry. That's how explosive this kid is. Honestly, I think he would have found the end zone if he didn't trip over a blade of
0: grass yes. on like the 11 yard line. And then forget he was in the NFL and not playing in college. He just stood get up. There yeah. Get up and go.
1: <laughs>
2: Come on, guy fall into the end zone. Like you see other players do it. Like David Montgomery Take some tips and tricks, but his, his role is only going to expand. I, you know, catching both of his targets looked good with every time he touched the football, uh, you know, against a good Kansas city defense that, or at least they showed up in that contest. So for me, I think Gibbs better days are ahead. He was more efficient by a a wide margin over David Montgomery. This is still going to be a split, but better days are ahead for Jameer Gibbs. And I see his role expanding as the season progresses. All right.
0: Let's find that line of where you would, who you would trade for Jameer Gibbs. If you have Brees Hall on your roster, would you trade him to get Jameer Gibbs?
2: I wouldn't because I believe Hall's eventually going to see the dominant snap share there in in, in New
1: York. I would. Let's move. You would? Yeah. I'm gambling on the better offense. I think they're both talented running backs. Give me the better offense. I'm not. uh, This is assuming Aaron Rodgers out for the season and Zach Wilson's leading an offense that I have to trust my running back for. No, thanks. I, I will make, I will take that hot take. Gibbs over Hall from week two forward.
0: All right, let's go over to running backs to sell in fantasy football. Soppy, I will start here with you.
1: Yeah, part of that Gibbs optimism is pessimism on David Montgomery. I'll sell him now after that big week one. He didn't look great to me. He scored great. Okay, yes, sure. But there's hints at Gibbs extending this role. I think that's more likely than not to happen sooner than later. I mean, Montgomery's longest carry last week was that touchdown run. All of eight yards. Like the man hasn't averaged more than four yards per carry in most of his NFL seasons. He did it once. I I don't think that's going to be Montgomery's best game. I think his role regresses with time while Gibbs elevates. We could see that as soon as week two, Detroit playing at home. They're a different team at home. They score a bunch of points at home in a good spot against Seattle. I think Gibbs takes over this backfield sooner than later. Get what you can for Montgomery now after a good week one. All right, so I want to talk about the,
0: the timing though to sell David Montgomery cuz I'm not opposed to that if you can sell him for Saquon Barkley. Like if you can go <laughs> sure. truly up a like up a tier. And this is the thing with trade target episodes and it drives me absolutely insane. People will comment on YouTube, they'll be like, "That trade will never get done in my league." Okay, great. Fantastic. There that. are five yeah. other leagues that that trade will get done that I've seen those trade requests. Requests requests. Those trade <laughs> requests come through. So Daffy Duck Davy Duck over here. David right. Montgomery, as far as when you are going to sell him. Week 2 Seattle, week 3 Atlanta, week 4 Green Bay. Those are fine matchups for David Montgomery yep. if he's going to see 15 plus rush attempts. Do you hold him one or two more weeks, let him continue to get more volume and produce and people fully buy in and then send him away. So I don't hate to send that yeah, to.
1: You. Yeah, I don't hate the idea. I just think you're playing with fire to some degree because if we see Maybe Montgomery has a big game. Maybe he has 15 for 60 in a touchdown in one of those games. But if Gibbs explodes, to me, that's gonna lower Montgomery's value or perceived value in fantasy circles. So I'm willing to move him now. I don't hate what you're saying. You you note the next four matchups and they're all plus. So I'm I'm with you there. I'm moving out. I'm gonna be a week early instead of a week late trading Montgomery just to try to cash in that chip. Derek, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'm I feel like you're you're being a bit too quick to right. just dismiss David Montgomery altogether, man. David Montgomery is a very good back, and I think he's Jamal Williams plus. And we saw a, a performance that kind of, it looked like kind Jamal of Williams. verifies that yeah. narrative a little bit. I, I thought David Montgomery played well. I mean, yeah, sure, he wasn't as flashy and... He didn't pop a bunch of big plays, but if you looked at all his yards after contact mm-hmm. and what hard. he generated just through sheer, you know, power and pad level, I thought that Montgomery played very well. Uh, he did get blown up in pass pro, which is the Good one place that over. If, if that shot he about that. there, then that's gonna. I think that that's where we see more uh, of Jameer Gibbs. But d- don't get me wrong; I still think that Montgomery's going to see ten to like. 16 carries on a weekly basis he's going to be the guy inside the five yard line i just think that gibbs is going to see more than nine touches a week so for me i i I, they can both eat but i'm not
0: giving i'm not sending david montgomery to the phantom zone Um, i still think he's going to be very involved in this offense. to be fair i think it was nick bolton that was coming downhill i think the way that nick bolton was coming downhill very few running backs would have been Give him able credit to for getting in the down. way. Yeah. 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 Credit for getting in the way and tripping him in the process. Uh, Derek, let's send it back over to you. Your number one running back to sell in fantasy.
2: Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is premature, but I still think that Aaron Jones is not exactly the, the guy that I want to invest in out of this green Bay backfield. He was hyper efficient, looked great against the Chicago bears defense, which is suspect against the run but we're still looking at the Green Bay Packers offense that I truly, truly believe that Aaron, uh, AJ Dillon's going to see a much bigger role as the season progresses. And we even saw that in week number one with how the, you know, carries played out. AJ Dillon saw more carries than Aaron Jones. Jones found the end zone twice. He was the more efficient player. We've seen that traditionally, but he's already dealing with a hamstring injury. So I, I just worry a little bit that if they're trying to push A.J. Dillon as kind of this is the year that they transition him to kind of being the leading ball carrier in this offense. Is Jones going to be able to maintain that hyper efficiency with fewer touches? I, I, I mean, yes, it worked out in week one, but this was a plus matchup against a Bears defense that, you know, really struggled against opposing rushing attacks last year or so. Jones is, I think, the better, more efficient player, but uh, Dylan's going to be a thorn in
0: his side, and two touchdowns
2: is not something I'm going to expect from Aaron Jones on a weekly basis.
0: All right, follow-up question here for Aaron Jones, because he obviously did score the two touchdowns. He's got the fantasy point total next to his name. Would you trade away Aaron Jones for Joe Mixon? I would, yes. I think that deal gets done. You might be able to get Joe Mixon plus something in your fantasy football league. Uh, Soppy, let's send it back over to you. Your number two running back to sell
1: is the guy that I was off on in the preseason, so I don't really have any shares to shell, sell of him. But if I have Ramondre Stevenson, I'm gonna I'm gonna use last week to pivot off of him. I mean, the six catches is great. He had the long 32 yarder that bumps up those fantasy point totals that you keep talking about, Kyle. So I think you can get away from him a little bit here. If I don't have to invest in this New England offense, I'm not going to. What we saw last week with them competing with Philadelphia, I don't think is the norm. This offense is no good. They can't move the ball through the air. I don't trust him on the ground. And Zeke was more involved between the 20s than I ever would have thought he would have been. So you're looking at an offense that's not going to move the ball, a running back that may not have the role inside the 10-yard line, a running back who's splitting touches with Zeke, who, for whatever reason, got a lot of run. I don't trust him, but the fantasy point total looks okay because of that one big catch. I don't want any part of New England. If I can move on from Stevenson, given what you paid for him on draft day and the reasonable week one production, I'm doing it.
0: All right, let's move on here because we do still have to get to wide receivers here. Uh, Derek, you're number two running back to sell. Yeah, so
2: I'm going to go ahead and I'll be quick. Cam Akers, he saw you know more than 20 carries. Yeah, the efficiency was terrible. He found the end zone. If you find someone who is mm. willing to <laughs> think that he is still the leading guy, then I'm getting off him as soon as possible because I don't know if it's going to get any better for Cam Akers.
0: So trade him for what you can get right now. Here's the thing with a lot of fantasy managers that play in your casual work leagues. Don't listen to podcasts, whatever the case may be. They don't pay attention to PFN fantasy. They're just not going to win their league. They will pay attention to the fantasy point totals that a player scored that previous week, and they will pay attention to the amount of touches that they had. So if they see Cam Akers, 22 carries, and that he finished with, you know, nine fantasy points and half PPR, they'll be like, yeah, sign me up. I know the name Cam Akers. He had a dominant, you know, run at the end of last year. You can trade him away.
1: This is a situation. Get, get out. Get out,
0: get out now. Uh, let's go over to wide receiver trade targets. Fellas Soppy, I will throw it to you first. Who is your first wide receiver to buy?
1: I mean, it's gotta be T Higgins. It, this depends on your league because maybe it's too obvious. If he's he was taking this high, a zero catch performance, maybe nobody's that reactive. But if you have somebody in your league that's willing to overlook the eight targets, overlook the strong overall offense that he plays in and is just, you know, discouraged by the donut in the scoring column, go ahead, pull the trigger. He only had two targets in week one last season. Followed it up with 10 targets and a touchdown in the second game. Better times ahead for T. Higgins, no doubt. All right. I want to put you to the test here. Bring it.
0: T. Higgins was drafted as a borderline top 12 wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk was being drafted as wide receiver 27 off the board. Would you trade Brandon Ayuk after a 8-reception, 129-yard performance and two touchdowns for
1: T. Higgins? I would. I would. And to me, I'm not really thinking too many too long about it. I You have to play the long game. I don't. We've been over this. We went over this on the preview podcast. If I could avoid those stupid 49er receivers and pass <laughs> catchers, I'm going to do it. I don't know. He, Ayuk had a great week one. Debo's going to have a great week three. Kittle's going to set records in week seven. Like, it's just going to happen that way. I'm getting out from under Ayuk. He's my number one wide receiver to sell. Just because of San Fran. Not because I don't trust him as a player. I'm just going to move on after the big game. you it's you take like 110 cents on the dollar. It's it's a worthwhile deal for me. Higgins, still the better player.
0: Now, I was a believer in Brandon you going into the year, so I might be a little bit more hesitant okay. to make that move, but if I do, it would be asking for T. Higgins plus, plus. something. Yeah. Like you don't make that move straight up. Try to milk that for whatever you can. Uh Derek, let's go over to number one wide receiver to buy.
2: Yeah, DJ Moore to me feels like there's an opportunity. We saw he's going to be featured in this passing attack. I know Darnell Mooney had a nice week one. That's nice and all. Chase Claypool, like, get off the football field. I think DJ Moore is going to be far more involved moving forward. You know, his two targets caught both of them for just 25 yards. The offense really struggled uh, to get out of neutral for most of this contest. I think Fields will be better. I think Moore will see a lot more work moving forward, including against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary in week number two that gave up a whole ton of passing yards in the Minnesota Vikings, and namely... Justin Jefferson uh, and the Bucks have had trouble with DJ Moore in the past when he was a Carolina Panther. So I think a, a good week two is in store for DJ Moore. I would try to make an offer and get him right now while he's a good buy low candidate.
0: Yeah, I like that call here because you do look at also. You know, I, I haven't seen the coverage map. Uh, map. I, I don't know if Jair Alexander was completely on DJ Moore for that entire game, so that could be a factor in this as well. Fantasy managers had questions about DJ Moore going into this year. So if you see, he got four half PPR points in week one, people are going to completely write him off. This is an opportunity to swoop in and buy low while you can. Soppy, number two, wide receiver to buy.
1: To me, it's George Pickens. I was all in on the Steelers offense entering this season. And one bad game against maybe the best defense in football isn't souring me on that. He still saw seven targets. He just didn't really do anything with them. Five for 36. We saw Pittsburgh trying to stretch the field last season. Pickett 12th and Ada over the second half of last season. And they were doing that again, this preseason Pickens an elite downfield threat. We saw the highlight touchdown that didn't count better times are ahead. Big plays are ahead. Don't panic on George Pickens just because he was under 10 points in week one. We've talked about Pickens already here in this podcast. So I
0: think that we have at least a good sense of who you should be trading for Pickens and stuff like that. Let's go on Derek, your number two wide receiver to buy. Yeah, it's another Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver.
2: And speaking of under 10 fantasy points in week one, a lot of folks invested a top three pick in Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. And obviously the Bengals offense struggled as a whole against the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, nine targets, five receptions, 39 yards. That is probably going to be a season low for Jamar Chase. So I do believe if anybody is hitting the panic button on on Jamar Chase or the Cincinnati offense, similar to that of T. Higgins, I think Chase is just as much of a, a great opportunity right now to get an elite player than any other elite player that was drafted in the first round. So try to make a play for Jamar Chase. It might go better
0: than you think. If you have Calvin Ridley, would you send Calvin Ridley away for Jamar Chase? I would. I think that you might have to include something into that trade, but I do think that that is a trade offer worth sending. Try that out in your league. Let's move on to wide receivers to sell. Sampa, you talked about Brandon Ayuk there as a player that you were looking to sell. You gave your reasoning there. Derek, let's move over to you. A number one wide receiver to sell. Yeah, Mike Evans. The Tampa Bay
2: Buccaneers had a plus matchup against a Minnesota Vikings secondary that is a work in progress and was terrible against opposing passing attacks last season. Ten targets, six catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown from Mike Evans. It was a nice week, but in a plus matchup, I think it's gonna, he's going to have tougher sledding moving forward. I still I'm still not a big believer in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers passing offense and Baker Mayfield in particular. They're going to be pass heavy because they can't run the football. But you know, it's a good week to kind of Evans reminded everybody that he is still a very good wide national or NFL wide receiver. Although I just don't know if I see him continuing with these type of fantasy performances for the rest of the season. I know it wasn't a huge week, but it was a week that, you know, you could kind of float Evans out there and potentially get something uh, in return on a good buy low candidate.
0: Yeah, I like the call there. I think Mike Evans involved within a trade package involving T Higgins. I think that that trade deal could get done. You Obviously, I think that you'd have to add something to it. But I do think that a deal like that could get done here based on the performance in week one.
1: Zoppy, your number two wide receiver to sell. Yeah, I'm moving on from Christian Watson. Like that might sound crazy because he obviously missed week one and you invested in him more than I was willing to this summer. But darn it, I'm sticking to it. I'm gonna move him. Jordan Love spread the ball around. He looked great, but he spread the ball around a ton in week one. And if that keeps going, we're talking a hamstring to a burner receiver in Watson who might not see alpha level targets in a offense that wants to run the ball before they pass it. To me, if you still have somebody valuing Watson exactly as they did on draft day, which is that of a fringe top 20 receiver, I'm willing to move on from him. I'm not sure he's that much different than Mike Evans. We just had that discussion. Evans going in the other direction. Evans is the top target on an underwhelming offense. They can't run the ball. Watson might be the top option on an underwhelming offense. that can run the ball. It's a little scary for me. I'm worried about the touchdown equity and the hamstring injury for a guy that largely depends on his speed. So I do think that you have a believer uh, that would acquire Christian Watson. and so. league Also
0: on this podcast, based on the look on his face here with Derek, I well, I want to find that line. I want to find that line, Soppy. If you did have Christian Watson, would you trade Christian Watson right now for DJ Moore?
1: Watson or more? I'd still oof. I'd still go Watson because I, the volume concerns I have for more are the same. You know, like Justin Fields isn't going to throw a ton of passes for a different reason. I'll go Watson, but I'm not overly interested in either. Derek, you're smiling there. Who you got? Derek, Watson, I will throw it to know, you. you. You can, like, can talk.
2: <laughs> you can talk. Safi, the
1: non-believer, the Packers fan. What
2: did you want from Jordan Love? He didn't have his, I think, his best. Looked in the he look good. Game. He look good. Threw three touchdown passes and you know uh, dropped 38 points on the Chicago Bears to start the season with a banged up receiving group. I this kid has. I mean, if Love right. continues to play well, like don't we think that Watson could hit the ground running? I understand the hamstring injury, soft tissue issues are something that kind of make me nervous for any wide receiver because they could always re re aggravate the injury, but he didn't play in week one. Who's like giving up a huge haul for Christian Watson, who does have an injury right now.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't, but I mean, if somebody is, if they're willing to give you what you paid on draft day for him, I'm okay cashing that in and getting out of the Christian Washington business. I wasn't in in the first place. Like I, I understand where you're coming from. And honestly, I hope you're right. I hope this green Bay offense is a freaking juggernaut and Watson's an alpha that I want him to be. I'm just not sure we see that the soft tissue, like you mentioned is a worry and Jordan love. If he's going to throw the ball 30 times and spread it around five targets to everybody, Watson can't be a top 15 guy for me. And you might be able to get that price for one of these guys that struggled early. Remember free fantasy football trade analyzer
0: over at pfnfantasy.com. Enter in (laughs) some trade packages for Christian Watson here and see where the team lands for sending away Christian Watson, Derek, your number two wide receiver to sell. Yeah, really quick. Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson made a a great highlight, real
2: worthy catch on a very poorly thrown ball that, he ended up hauling in with, you know, a circus catch against Tra- Tre'Davious White. I, I'm really concerned about, you know, the consistency that we're going to see from Garrett Wilson. Last year, as a rookie, with that collection of quarterbacks, which looks like it's going to be at least Zach Wilson's going to be under center again for the New York Jets. He only averaged 12.6 fantasy points per game in a PPR format. Unfortunately, you're going to have these volatile weeks because of the inefficiency and inconsistencies at quarterback. Garrett Wilson, though, with his performance and that touchdown, saved his fantasy day. I still think that people are believers in his talent. Mm -hmm. If you can get something of similar value right around that range, a la maybe, excuse me, T. Higgins, then, yeah. Get off of Garrett Wilson because I just think that there's going to be too much volatility, and I don't see the top five wide
0: receiver upside that I did with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that is an interesting trade. Conundrum there, Garrett Wilson or T Higgins for the rest of the year. I think I might go T Higgins there If you're watching over on YouTube first off hit the like button subscribe I Click would. the bell to get notified for when new content drops, but also drop a comment here Would you rather have Garrett Wilson or T Higgins for the rest of the year? All right Let's fly through some quarterback and tight end trade targets. We're gonna start here with the buys Soppy I will start with you. Who's the number one quarterback to buy Playing? Maybe you're playing in a super flex league. You need a Aaron Rodgers
1: replacement. Who are we going after? I mean, Superflex, you could play in any standard league here. Joe Burrow isn't throwing for 82 yards again. His quarterback rating last season was higher than his yardage total in week one. We saw him throw four picks in week one last season. Like, this is a thing, Rust, because he didn't play much in the preseason. Because he never injury. plays in the preseason. Yeah, he's reverse Cam Akers. He never plays in the preseason. <laughs> Akers is only good at the end of the season. If we could just get somewhere in the middle here, Joe Burrow's going to be just fine. He's a top 10 quarterback. He's got the weapons. He's got the offense. He might struggle again this week. I'm not saying he won't. But if you can get him now or next week, if you want to roll the dice and see if his value drops further, I'm fine with it. Joe Burrow, top-down quarterback the rest of the way, easy. All right, Derek, let's throw it over to you. Number one
0: quarterback to buy.
2: Yeah, the Chicago Bears didn't exactly light it up offensively. And we still saw Justin Fields rush for 59 yards, right? I still think better days are ahead for the Bears Their passing game fields is still going to make a ton of plays with his legs. He's exactly as advertised uh, from what we saw last year as a dual threat quarterback. I think better days are ahead when Jair Alexander isn't putting the shadow performance on DJ Moore so his number one weapon is going to open up a little bit more. I think Fields pushes the ball down the field more often. I'm still a huge believer in his ceiling, so give me Justin Fields if anybody wasn't exactly thrilled with his week one performance against the Packers.
0: Yeah, I'd be making that deal as well. Uh, fellas, Anthony Richardson threw for more passing yards than Justin Fields did in week one. That feels great. Uh, let's go over to Sabi, your number one tight end to buy.
1: I mean, it's got to be Darren Waller. I will take the Giants to score points this week against Arizona. You can put that on the board. I want credit for that one. I mean, hes you just don't play the Cowboys every week. Daniel Jones was in the pocket with zero time to throw. Waller had three catches for 36 yards. He had a nice 22-yard catch. Like, oh, that's great. Waller's going to be the number one option on that offense. But The Ravens, we saw Zay Flowers emerge as the wide receiver one, and that's going to take targets, and that's a target share that we can now lock in. We didn't see anything like that from anybody on the Giants. So I'm still thinking Waller is far and away the alpha in this offense. Lock him in every single week. Top five guy for me in week two.
0: Yeah, I love that call. Uh, remember our matchup previews podcast where we picked against the spread? You were like, it's Cowboys easy, Cowboys minus three. And I was like, I've got a feeling I'm going to go to Giants. Yeah, my, my dumb ass. Uh, all right, uh, Derek, your number one tight end to buy so
2: soppy i find myself going back to your green bay packers yet again man i love did it we not like what, did we not like what we saw from luke musgrave i yeah. mean three catches 50 yards and by the way he easily could have found the end zone on one of those a big receptions play. that he had. yeah <laughs> very very poorly thrown under uh, underthrown ball by jordan love and love also missed him on a corner route that was probably good for another 20 30 yard chunk play Musgrave's going to be involved in this passing attack. And while Christian Watson is unavailable, I think that secures Luke Musgrave's role in this passing attack moving forward. I was very encouraged by all the rookie tight ends in a loaded class. I actually feel just as confident as Luke Musgrave being the top fantasy tight end scorer uh, amongst all the rookie tight ends. Uh, at the end of the season in PPR formats, I really think this kid is special, and I think they're going to use him appropriately to make him a consistent fantasy contributor in the Packers offense.
0: All right, let's move it over here to players to sell. We'll start here with Soppy, number one quarterback to sell.
1: Yeah, just like Burrow was a spot sell for me, Tua's got to be a spot sell. He's on pace for almost 8,000 passing yards. I mean, come I on. I think he'd they- admit it. He's a freaking, you think he can hit it? I will. Okay, so we got the Giants to score, and I have two <laughs> under 8,000 er, passing yards. I'm just racking up these wins over Mr. Yates as we go here. Not every game's going to be like that. He's very talented, don't get me wrong. The health concerns are still there. The lack of mobility still there. And they get the Jets, Cowboys, and Ravens in the fantasy playoffs. That's not a great run out. If you can move two as a top five quarterback, I'm doing it right now and doing it without thinking twice. I would trade him for Joe Burrow. The next three matchups, too. New England, Denver, Buffalo. Those yeah, are not exactly fantastic
0: matchups here. Now, he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Jalen Waddle to make up for it. But, yeah, I don't think that we're going to see 466 passing yards mm-hmm. again from Tua Tonga-Bailoa in week two. Uh, Derek, let's go over to number one quarterback to sell. Jordan Love. So, I
2: know. I'm investing in a lot of Packers players. But, no kidding. you know, Jordan Love was the, what, QB3 in fantasy scoring in week number one. I don't know if I see him consistently finishing inside the top five. So if someone is a believer in this Packers offense or believes that Jordan Love is the next Packers hall of fame quarterback and they go three in a row, then see what you can get for him. Uh, Cause you can always stream another quarterback option. Uh, similar to that of Jordan Love. If the Packers go three in a row for hall of fame
0: quarterbacks, shoot me.
1: Uh, soppy number one tight end to sell. <laughs> You will have grandchildren and not have seen a bad Packers quarterback in that division. Uh. (laughs) Uh, If I'm, you said tight end to sell. Yes. I mean, Derek was buying a tight end in the NFC North. I'm going to sell one Sam Laporta. He caught all five targets for like, I get it. There was just no upside there. Detroit desperately needs a secondary pass catcher. So I understand where the role is going to be, but he was fourth on this team in targets. Again, no upside. I think you can do better. He had a hundred percent catch rate. And a 16 percent target share and we're talking under six and a half fantasy points to me you can do better ceiling wise the floor is low for these rookie tight ends i'd rather stream the position than hold on to laporta
0: all right derek uh i saw the name on your on your sheet here for number one tight end to sell i didn't agree with it so we're just going to skip it. no i'm just kidding okay. who is your number one tight end to sell i don't blame you if you don't want to
2: sell them because how ravaged the tight end position has been by injuries so the fact that hunter henry absolutely tore it up five catches, 56 yards and a touchdown in look a Patriots offense. That is, I think going to be better than a lot of people think because they actually have an offensive coordinator calling plays for Mac Jones and company. And Sapi, you said that this team can't throw the ball. Jones threw for over 300 yards against one of the stingiest pass defenses from last season. And I, while do I think he's going to average that? Probably not. But if I'm, A New England Patriots, you know, Mac Jones believer. I am incredibly encouraged by what I saw from from Mac Jones against one of the most talented units in the entire league. So Hunter Henry, though, are we sure that his volume is going to continue? Are we sure the efficiency is going to continue to be there? Is he going to be featured in this passing game? I can't confidently say that. Yates, I know you're probably a believer, but in a week where tight end was a crapshoot, if you can get something
0: of serious value for, you know, Henry's performance in week one, I would at least shop him and see what you could get. It's interesting with uh, my rest of season tight end rankings. We got Sam Laporta at 13, Hunter Henry at 14, and Luke Musgrave at 15. So all three of these guys, <laughs> and then Darren Waller up at four. So all yeah, three go. of the guys that we just talked about here, right in a row there, uh, you definitely can make some trades there with involving those guys. All right. That was a ton. Uh, I go through the YouTube description and I enter in all of the chapters, which has every single player's name. Uh, I'm going to need about an hour later this afternoon to go through and enter in all the players that we talked about here. But a ton of valuable information here for the people to make some trades here in their fantasy football league as we move ahead into week two. Make sure to go check out the free fantasy football trade analyzer over at pfnfantasy.com. Customizable league sizes if you play in the eight team those those trade values are gonna be dramatically different than in a 14 team league So make sure you can use that little slider there Make sure that you customize to your league size every single scoring format super flex one quarterback We even got dynasty in there for you. Make sure to go check that out over at pfnfantasy.com All right, fellas ton of fun here one a ton of fun here in this one (laughs) for Derek Tate and Kyle Sopi. I'm Kyle Yates and we'll see you next time